0: <laughs> well, well and I, as I told him, you guys always made me do it twice, whether I did it good the first time or not. It was like, Keith was like, oh, that's very good. Let's do it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Roll it again. Yeah.
1: So it's all good. Um, all right well we're just uh, two weeks away from uh, changing of the captains here at Granite Rock uh, for the first time in, in 10 years uh, as Peter's going to step into the CEO role and Tom is going to continue his service to Granite Rock on the board of directors. A lot of anticipation as you can imagine uh, around this change amongst uh, our team members here. Uh, Tom I'd love to start with you first if you don't mind and Looking back on a very strong decade, would you share your proudest moment project or milestone that comes to mind for you?
0: Uh, well, I think it's I think it's today because we're still here, ten years plus um, later, right? when you know when bruce when Bruce passed away, there were a lot of folks, particularly our competitors, even some inside folks. Uh, who wouldn't have bet on us still being here ten years later, right? Because you know Bruce was the company, and the company was Bruce. And I think the, the the conventional wisdom was that without Bruce Granite Rock, you know, wouldn't be able to make it. Now the executive team never believed that. I never believed it. Mark Kaminsky didn't believe it. So what I'm really proud about is that you know ten years later we're here. We had a great decade. Um, we're really thriving. Um, and that we're now able to do an orderly succession plan and um, keep doing what you're supposed to do, which is um, have new people come in and replace people who are going out and keep the enterprise moving. So as I look back, it's it's that longevity and getting that done over 10 years that, that I'm proudest of.
1: Is there anything you contribute that to specifically, whether it's a working together program that got brought into Granite Rock, um, well, some efficiencies?
0: It's the Granite Rock people. It just, it just, the great, great, great team that we were surrounded with the leadership team, right? The executive team who rolled up their sleeves and did their job. And, um, you know, at the time, we don't talk about it much anymore, but uh, Mark Kaminsky came up with this analogy of the 2,000 pound rock. The idea is that Bruce was so talented and so capable that he represented kind of 2,000 pounds of capability. And that for us to carry the business forward, we had to break it up and everybody had to carry a piece. Um, and that was a great analogy and we did that and everybody carried their piece. So that's, that was the secret.
1: Awesome. Well, congratulations on a great decade. Um, talking to people throughout the company in the last few weeks, since the change has been announced, uh, there's been some confusion, even though we've talked about it, it's been written about a little bit about your new role at Granite Rock. A lot of people say, well, is Tom retiring? What's he doing? Wait, he's staying, but he's not the CEO. Can you just shed some light on what your new role will be?
0: Sure yeah so so I look at it that I'm stepping aside, not stepping down. Uh, I'll still be here. Uh, I'll still come into the office. I don't think I'll be here quite the same number of hours uh, and my my goal is to be here to be a resource but not to be somebody who's in the way uh, because the ship is Peters to steer now, so um, and and I'm confident that'll be great so uh, so that's his role. I'll be executive vice chair of the board. I'll have a board role. I'll still be the manager once removed for the executive team. So I'll have that role and then um, various and sundry other things that Peter may task me with. So
1: should we expect to see you here five days a week or will that vary depending on what's going on?
0: It'll vary depending on what's going on.
1: All right. On how the fish are biting, maybe?
0: (laughs) That may be a factor.
1: Okay. I love it. Um, In the last month since the decision was announced, how have the two of you been working together? And can you bring us inside of that just a little bit?
2: Well, it's been working really well. So since the announcement, me and Tom have been meeting regularly. We have an, an agenda that we're working through, adding items onto, removing the items off. And just making sure that we're crossing and T's dot and eyes to make sure that this transition goes as smooth as possible, and that we're we're capturing everything in this this moment where you know his hands are slowly coming off the wheel and my hands are probably grabbing onto it a little bit um, An quicker. Year old. Than, yeah, um, but we're making sure that the car and the ship or whichever analogy we'd like to use. Is staying steady um, between as we kind of transition between. So it, it's orderly, it's structured, and it's 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 an ongoing process.
1: That's cool. So you guys have been meeting pretty frequently. I mean, every week. You said, yep. yeah,
0: yeah, and well, several times a week, but yep. kind of formally once a week, okay. and then with John Orcutt bringing him into those meetings and really working on a whole list of transition issues, um, and then just you know as stuff comes up because there's a it's a there's a lot to know out there, so. I'm trying to offload as much as I can, and he's sucking it up as fast as he can, and it's uh, it's working well.
1: He's yeah. a sponge, I imagine. Uh, real quick, uh, Peter Pete, I hear people call you both. Is there a preference? Is there uh, what's your take on that?
2: It, you can call me really anything. Hey, you guy, <laughs> you know, lemon, you know. It's whatever, really, I'm not really stuck. My name is what I was given, and I'll respond to anything that anybody calls me, even things that may not be very nice, I will still respond. Um, So don't worry about it, Pete, Peter, whatever. Okay, so
1: it's not just Pete for your friends and Peter for those of us who work for you. No, the
2: R is universal, drop it or add it as you need.
1: Okay, (laughs) awesome. Um, You uh, were recently serving as corey manager and then vice president of logistics, How are we backfilling your vacancy um, over there in the aggregate division?
2: In this moment of transition, Henry Ramirez, Vice President of Aggregate and Transportation and Logistics, is going to take over a big portion of what I was doing as the Vice President of Logistics. And then Nick Barrett in the transportation group is taking a big load And then the new role, which is Carl Filipovich, who's coming in from the area manager in the construction division, is going to be taking over two main parts. One part is helping us understand how to efficiently execute in logistics across our business. And the second big portion is working in the long-term mine plan, which is an incredibly important project for us to execute for the Wilson Quarry for our decades and centuries of future aggregate production. And then Stephanie Lovell, who's the business manager in the aggregate transportation group, is taking over a lot of the, the business side functions that I was performing and helping to, to lead and champion. And she's now going to be the change agent and manager of all of those efforts around how we work with our accounting and our businesses to go and be really exceptional at executing for our customers and then also periodically slapping my wrist to keep me from dabbling back into the the fun details of that operational groups and keeping me with my hands on the wheel over here. You
1: right. <laughs> And you asked him how well he juggles, I take it, when you interviewed him? Um, <laughs> Just yeah, well, we're going to find out. We're going <laughs> to But I got
2: confidence. Carl could juggle the area manager role. He's going to juggle this logistics thing, no problem.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. That's great. Uh, you're also very unique. and uh, You come into the CEO role starting as an intern at Granite Rock. That's something that find very rare. Um, but you've also worked in both the construction division for a pretty significant amount of time as well as the aggregate division. How are those experiences going to shape your leadership moving forward into this role?
2: I think most importantly, by having experience in those different groups, I've learned about the the people and the needs of those people in those different groups to be able to deliver to our customers. Because ultimately, you know, all of us need to deliver value back to the customer, back to the market. So having the ability to go through that construction group and then the aggregate group and then the logistics group, I've been able to carry with me those those really interesting and key points about what our team does to engage with those customers to deliver what they really want and need that we can get value for. So I think that's the thing that I can that I am hoping that I can bring is, is some of those real experiences of, of navigating real problems in those groups um, and figuring out how we've solved those problems for those customers and bring in value.
1: Maybe build some bridges between those businesses. And Well, hopefully we don't forward. need to build yeah. bridges
2: because we should all be yeah. one company together yeah. and in- integrated together. Keep it, them
1: tight. But
2: yeah. uh, understanding their critical issues of, of what's going on in their business and their vernacular and their vocabulary of, of how they speak and what they're doing and what that means to their customers. I hope that I can help Tie some of that together, and people can understand. You know, by you know having an interpreter that's lived in both.
1: All right. So, come twenty twenty three. What do you want Granite Rock people to be focusing on?
2: If you think about the that that term of this term of focus, mm-hmm. right, that w- What that really it leads people to believe is that there's a singular point, right? Mm-hmm. There's this focal point that this giant lens of Granite Rock, this huge entity is narrowing down to achieve this one point. Totally don't believe in that. We need to focus and find each of our interesting points within our business that are providing value. So 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 for me it's it's actually don't focus on one thing cuz if mm-hmm. we get that narrow tunnel vision that mm-hmm. all we got to do is only this one thing, we are forgetting the thousand other important things. So my focus is really keeping us nimble. Looking around, finding the things that bring value and not just narrowing in. We did the one thing that we said and we dropped the other, you know, 100 things that we should have looked at. And now we have to go clean up behind ourselves because we just got so laser focused on one thing. Mm -hmm. So the focus is to not focus. Be clear, have clarity, but don't laser focus into one, one particular deliverable.
1: People are asking a lot of questions um, about like what's going to change. You know, there's a lot of like, oh, you know, maybe not fear, but curiosity, right? Like what's going to change at Granite Rock? Is there?
2: Yeah, no, people have come to me and it's like, oh, okay, so what are you going to change? And I'm like, what do you want to change? So <laughs> let's flip that right around. Let's open up this podcast to the whole company. And every person that wants to ask me, what are you going to change? The counter question is, what do you want to change? What do we need to change? They're is a great culture here at Granite Rock. We've worked on it really, really hard. My entire career being here, we're probably stronger now than we've ever been at finding out and understanding who we really are and how we can act as a team. And that, if there is one thing that we could change, is to keep on working on that, polishing that, becoming the best Granite Rock that we can be, shedding Friction and problems between groups, between individuals, between divisions, and getting rid of that will make us all the better. And not that we have problems today, but there is, an, an, we could keep polishing that almost forever. That that's work that never ends. So, right. anything to change is we need to keep on working and getting rid of the parts where we have a little bit of rough, a little bit of conflict, a little bit of issues, poor communication. That's the stuff where we need to keep on working.
1: When, when Tom took this role in 2012, we were climbing out of the Great Recession and the wind was behind his back. You're jumping in to some pretty strong headwinds. How do you feel about that?
2: Well, the ship is good, using Tom's good boat analogy. The weather patterns and the, the sea of change that we see coming at us is nothing that we haven't weathered before. We have the right tools. We have the right people on board. We had the right resources. We're probably better and stronger now than we've ever been as a company. So I feel good. You know, I'm not daring the ocean to go and do something really crazy. We don't need any more pandemics. We don't need another no, great don't. recession. <laughs> no. Let's not, I'm not daring anyone to make it harder than it needs to be. But we're capable. We're strong. We're in a good place. We need to hold it together. We need to focus on our critical issues, and we're going to navigate right through this.
1: So you're confident. You don't, I mean, it's it's a big job, right? It is a big feel, job.
2: Yeah. It is a big job. And I think that we should be confident in who we are, um, but also in, with, in amongst that confidence is knowing who we are and where we have, you know, potential weaknesses, and we have to address those. But it's not being over the top that, you know, we can conquer anything because we can't do anything, but we can absolutely do and focus and execute on the things that we decide are the core of who are who we are as a business.
1: Uh, back to the, uh, you're going to be moving here to the corporate office, of course, and the, Tom will still be here uh, some of the time. Uh, real quick, where would we expect to find you uh, sitting when, when you're in the office and Tom is in the office? You're going to keep your desk
0: that's up to peter whether Um, i uh, where i said he's he's working on a seating chart now okay that is
2: true i'm working on a seating chart i will be somewhere here in the corporate office maybe sitting close to one of you um unsure the studio it could be up at the studio the studio (laughs) space is very nice yeah i haven't picked a a spot yet i'm i'm learning about how the uh, cubicle life works you know my past experiences have had me in job site trailers in pickup trucks on conference tables in trailers in you know i've i've worked in almost every condition you could imagine and learning how to work within the the cubicle structure i'm gonna seek first to understand before i make a decision but i won't be outside the building i will be somewhere inside and under the roof
1: Talk a little bit about what will your accessibility be um, when it comes to team members and as well as for our customers at Granite Rock.
2: So I think as a core of who we've been and who we are going to be in the future is we have a pretty much an open door policy, right? That's for all of our team members, for our customers. So they should see me as an, an, an easy contact, right? Um, Call me, email me, you know, text. I can text Tom. I'm pretty modern like that. Yeah. Um, don't send me a TikTok video. I, oh. I, I don't communicate in dance.
1: Yeah, um, okay.
2: But, emojis, you know,
1: can we send you emojis? You, yes, I can
2: do emojis. Can I do understand what most of them mean yeah. now, but yeah, right. I can get out my urban dictionary right. and decipher the rest. <laughs> so I think we, we will maintain that high accessibility, and I don't see any reason why or any value in that not being how we continue to act.
1: So much of your career and maybe 100% of your professional career has been here at Granite Rock, starting as an intern, graduating from UC Davis with a, a degree in engineering, and then moving here um, as an intern and then a full-time employee. Who has who has had the greatest influence or who has shaped your career the most over the past 20 plus years? And it doesn't have to be someone at Granite Rock, it could be family, it could be someone at Davis or out anywhere just who do you think has given you the best advice and really gotten you to where you are today because this is a very unprecedented path
2: yeah so when when you ask that me that question i i think about you know when i have a challenge you know where does my mind go to to think about you know where how do we make this decision right how do we define the the value and the risk and and move forward and it's interesting that the the faces that that pop up for me, are the faces of our supervisors. So, you know, a couple of, you know, really impactful supervisors for me personally with, you know, Chris Anderson was one, Jim Serrano was another one, and then Candace Klein at the, at the quarry, all were really impactful. And I, and I think about how they were leaders for their team and how their team would be affected by decisions that were made by management or customer request or, you know, environment or, you know, the machine breaking or whatever it might be and how they navigated that and how I could do my best work by making sure that those people that are in those roles can execute the best. So not that I'm, you know, mirroring what they do, but I'm thinking about how I could help the supervisors who are out doing our work to do their job the best way possible and, and are we are we giving them the tools that they need because they're they're the ones that that really are this this focal point of you know what's happening on the grade and the road or the job or the plant and what's happening within the business, the customers and the the sales. So I think about the supervisors.
1: And going back to, you named some people who are no longer at Granite Rock. So just for people listening, Chris Anderson was a construction division superintendent. Mm-hmm. Um, Candace Klein was, I, mean, I know who she is, but tell everybody the, who she was. Yeah, so yeah. so Chris Anderson was a construction
2: yeah. division uh, superintendent and ran a whole kind of variety of work. Jim Serrano is one of the um, grizzled supervisors in the construction group who went and built a lot of really great and magnificent work in the construction side. And then Candace Klein is the primary team um, leader at the Wilson Quarry for you know a whole number of years where she led that team, and so she she ran the the whole pit operation. So those are the people that I think about.
1: Yeah, that's interesting um, and cool because I know two out of the three. So I'm like, wow, that's that's really interesting. Um, growing, I mean, growing up, do you think that your parents? And and friends and family were like, Peter's going to be a CEO one day, and and how do you like? I mean, did you have that just like drive? And like you're an engineer, you have an engineer's mind, but a business mind as well, and that's a that's a great combination. So was this? Were you kind of programmed for this as a young kid?
2: So you know, when did my programming start? I I, I got that part, um, and then expectation. So I think that you know, family. Were you an
1: overachiever as a kid? (laughs) Was I an (laughs) overachiever?
2: I think that I gravitated to work really hard on the things that had value that came back to me. Um, and when I say value that came back to me, the things that bring value back to me is when I'm helping other people achieve, you know, things together. So I got really involved in, in scouting because I could go help other people younger than me to go do really fun and exciting things and experience things when, when, I was, you know, growing up in school, I was not the perfect student, I wasn't, but I really loved to tutor and help other people, and now, I don't know how this worked, but the people that I would help would often be, like, way smarter than me, <laughs> um, and I would, you know, just, but I'd still like to help, um, even though they were smarter than me, but, but I always lived in that, that relationship of, I like to help other people. And so when you do that, then, you know, the expectation is like, oh, well, you know, you're 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 going to be able to do, you know, good things because you're living in this relationship of, of giving for others' success. So, you know, there's, you know, a group of people that, you know, always expected a lot out of me, but me, myself, I just expected to make sure I found a place where I can help other people.
1: Uh, and uh, the Boy Scouts have been a huge part of that, and you are an Eagle Scout, which is incredibly impressive and very it's the phd of childhood
2: i mean childhood. that's something
1: <laughs> oh my god well how old were you when you finally got the
2: i was 14 the, and a half i oh, was on the what? younger age group. wow yeah.
1: that's incredible 14 but there's a, a reason
2: there's a reason before everyone's like oh you know i'm 14 and a half he was wow. so young it's because i wanted to be done with earning things for myself and I, I was, I was exhausted with the concept of having to earn merit badges and ranks for myself. And I wanted to do other things for other people. And so as soon as I earned it, I didn't earn another badge for myself, but I went and served on camp staff and I worked, served on leadership staff and I helped other scouts get their eagle and participate and do other things. But I didn't earn another badge for myself after that point. Cause I was that I, I got so little enjoyment out of it. Um, I got it done and like, whew, let me go do something that's fun.
1: Interesting. And what was your original introduction to Boy Scouts? Is that something your dad said, You need to stay busy and you need to get out of the house, go to the Boy Scouts? Like how no. did you get involved? No, my you
2: know, so my, my dad he he was a party boat captain, so he worked every weekend and so you know, he wasn't involved in scouts in that way. I got involved with Scouts because I, I liked it. So I, I did it for me. You um, found it
1: on your own. Found it on like, my hey, own. hey, mom, I, I want to go to these meetings. Not
2: to discount mom and dad got yeah. me to all those events. They got me home from all the events. <laughs> they made sure I had a sleeping bag. They, they took care of all of that stuff. But the, the, the Scouts for me is because it's something that I, I like to do.
1: Wow, oh, and you love it. And you're still active today.
2: Yeah, super active today. I got you know two different groups i got elementary age kids there's about 60 of those i have about 35 or so that are in the the high school and middle school age group that i'm participate with and yeah it keeps me pretty busy
1: oh you're a busy guy so scouting granite rock you're married with two two relatively young children Mm -hmm. um not babies by any means Uh, what do you do for fun that doesn't involve scouting or granite rock like where would we find you on vacation i I sleep
2: at night (laughs) periodically depending on how things are going
1: okay so no Um, scouting obligations and no granite rock you took the week off from granite rock what would you be doing
2: so you know outside of all of those fun things um and just being a dad and all of that i do go fishing you know fishing's in my my blood um so that's that's the other outlet when and if there's time that we can go get that done
1: all right so fishing so yeah. on the ocean ocean fishing yeah <laughs> ocean
2: fishing actually river fishing kayak fishing um lake fishing and, and we all of the above i, I enjoy it all it's, it's anything all fun. with
1: a rod and a hook and <laughs> yeah yeah
2: there's something about going out and being able to catch something that then becomes your your dinner that night there's kind of a primal caveman thing you know hunter gatherer moment you know like You know, getting that done is is a good feeling, but that's rare these days, unfortunately.
1: It tastes great. Fresh fish, freshly caught fish, nothing better, right? Yeah. What are you most excited about come January?
2: Well, I think-
1: As we wrap up.
2: In January, for me, is going to be a, a kind of a symbolic transition for myself where both hands will be on the wheel and I am really excited- for the things that we're about to do and the potential that we have as a company and the, the support that you know, Tom and John and the executive team have, have, have offered me. So in January is the moment where you're on your own and now you can start proceeding. So I think that to me, it's just gonna feel good to, to cross that barrier not that we're gonna con- not gonna to continue to coordinate, Tom. I will continue to coordinate. You know, <laughs> I do work for the board, and yeah. I have bosses. Yes, so, yes yeah. Um, and everyone's You're not got just a boss. Floating by yep. yourself. <laughs> but at that January moment, I think it'll be be nice to have that clarity and that the ability to say, "Okay, let's go."
1: Great. Awesome. Well, you know, there's 900 and something people that are rooting for you and here to support, and we're, we want to do anything we can and everything we can. Uh, Tom, we're going to wrap up the podcast now, but any parting words of advice or any, anything you want to say to Peter as he, as he marches forward?
0: I've been giving Peter advice for the last three months, so he's probably uh, probably sick of hearing it. I, I'll leave it with what, um, what the board and Mark uh, said to me. You know, you're in this in the CEO role, you're expected to change things. And that's part of our make it better core value. Right. And as I tell people at Culture Day, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff here at Granite Rock that isn't broke, but there's not a darn thing we couldn't make better. And you ought to be thinking about that. But what you have to be careful of in this job. And I know Peter will because he he lives and breathes it is, you know, you got to leave the heart of the watermelon intact. Right. You can work all around that, work all around the edges. Fix systems, fix problems, grease the skids, make things better. But but what makes us who we are? The heart of that watermelon, you know, just make that stronger, right? You got to leave that intact. And he and I have talked about that a lot. And I have uh, no no concern at all about his commitment to do that and his ability to do it. So so that's what I would say. Don't don't mess with the heart of the watermelon. All right.
1: Well, keep it sweet then. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much, you guys, again, for your time. Yeah. Thank you.